0: Almighty God, good Father, we thank you, Lord. We praise you for how good you are to us. Even though we've done nothing to deserve it, we've done nothing to earn it, and yet you are still so good to us. And we thank you for that. We praise you for how you care for us And just as that song sang, how we are loved by You. God, thank You. Thank You for Your Son, Jesus. Thank You for how You have changed us and changed this world in Your name. We thank You. And we are so grateful for who You are in our lives. And this morning, Lord, our prayer is simply this. We pray... That in light of your goodness, in light of who you are and who we are in you, we pray that you would change us today, Lord, that we could truly be more like you. So Lord, touch our lives, change our lives for you, make us to be the men and women of Christ that you have called us to be. Again, we are thankful, and we pray all of these things in the name of our loving Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. (sighs) Well, take your Bibles and turn to Genesis 32. We're, uh, sorry, I'm going to sit up here. I'm, I'm just not feeling it today. You guys get to sit in, the, sit in the comfy chairs while I stand. I'm going to sit over here in one of these comfy seats. <laughs> but uh, we're, we're in our series called Empowered, um, exploring the lives of men and women, blah, 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 something or other. <laughs> we're still in the Old Testament, Genesis. Um, I can't think of the guy's name that we're talking about today. I think it starts with a J, but... We'll, we'll figure it out when we get to the passage that we're on. Oh, that's a funny picture. Sorry, I'm scrolling through Facebook right now. I'll have to share that. I'll share that picture later this week. This is a funny one. So I'm not going to show it to you because I, I want you to see it from my page. But, oh, that's hilarious. Aww. I have a friend back in Havasu who had their baby yesterday. That is so cute. So, let me ask you an honest question. If I was to preach like that, how many of you would be upset about it? Yeah! (laughs) The pastor seriously, literally is phoning it in, right? I don't know about you, but I would be upset if my pastor sat in a chair in the loft, scrolling through his social media pages and just kind of, sort of, gave it part of his everything, right? If I gave you 50%, it wouldn't be enough. But how often do we give God far less than our 100%? We get upset if, if our employees, are our, our employers... Uh, or our friends, or our spouses, or our children, or or whoever. We get upset when people don't give us 100% because we expect it. But how many of us don't give God 100%? How many of us don't give God our all? We're going to look this morning at a guy who literally gave it all. Uh, So I want you to take your Bibles or your apps or whatever you read on, and I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 32. I wasn't kidding about that part. We are in Genesis 32 this morning. So Genesis 32, we're going to take a look at the life of a man named Jacob. He is the grandson of Abraham, who we discussed, uh, talked about last week. So let me back up. As you're turning to Genesis 32, let me do a recap of what has happened from Genesis chapter 1 to where we're at today in Genesis 32. God in Genesis 1 creates the universe and everything in it. Uh, He creates it in six days and then takes the seventh day for rest. And he creates Adam and Eve. And, of course, when we get into Genesis chapter 3, we find out that Adam and Eve messed it up for all of us, didn't they? They created, they, they committed the first sin and plunged sin into the world. And we get to reap the horrible benefits of how sin destroys and decays and ruins everything in life. And then they get kicked out of this perfect garden... And they go on to live their lives, and uh, they have some difficulties with their sons, to say the least. Uh, One of their sons is killed by another. And then we see a splitting of the the histories of mankind. We see one group of men who are the descendants of Cain, the murderer, who go off and kind of become this, this ungodly, godless, unrighteous lineage That that disobey God at every turn. And then we see a godly lineage through Adam and Eve's other son, Seth. And then things get so bad with Cain's descendants that God decides that he needs to start over. And we have the the account of uh, where in history God flooded the world to start over, to bring righteousness back into the existence of man. And he redeems the entire existence of us through Noah and his three sons and their wives. Uh, and then we fast forward even further. we get to a man named Abraham who we spoke about last week. And Abraham has a son named Isaac. Uh, and there's a, a lot that goes on in the life of Isaac that are great examples to us. And then Isaac has a couple of boys named Jacob and Esau. And today we're going to look at Jacob. So I want you to take your Bibles, look with me at chapter 32 in the book of Genesis, and we're going to begin in verse 22. So Jacob has deceived his brother Esau. Esau technically is the rightful heir of everything that Isaac has, their father. And Jacob has deceived his brother and his father to get the inheritance and the blessing from his father Isaac. And he goes on the run. Because Isaac wants to, or, uh, Esau wants to kill him. And so he goes on the run and he ends up with some relatives. A man named Laban. And he, he ends up living with Laban for many, many years. He marries a couple of their, uh, Laban's daughters. And, and builds a great uh, you know, empire of his own. He has uh, animals and he has servants and he has children. He, he, he's just been blessed. And then he decides it's time to go back home. That he can't stay with Laban any longer. And so he begins the journey back home, knowing that at some point, he's got to confront Esau. And so he comes to a point where he decides he's going to split away from his family, knowing that Esau is coming to either greet him or destroy him. And he goes off by himself, and that's where we pick up in chapter 32, verse 22. So it says this in 22. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his eleven sons and crossed the ford of the Jabbok River. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over his possessions. So, Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him till daybreak. Okay, let's stop there for just a second. Jacob is in the middle of the wilderness, He is traveling back home. He has sent his wife, his kids, and all of his possessions across the river, and he stays behind. And this random guy comes along and starts wrestling him. How odd is that, first off? I don't know about you, but I don't go on trips and wrestle with random strangers. But that's exactly what happens here, and we're going to find out that there's more uniqueness to this wrestling match than what we see just on the surface. So, verse 25. When the man saw, the man that's wrestling Jacob, when the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, Let me go, for it's daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And the man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel. Now, let's stop there for just a second. Israel literally means to wrestle with God. So anytime you see a Hebrew name or word that ends in El or Yah, it means God or Yahweh. Yahweh was the name of God or is the name of God. And so when you see a name that ends in L, it means something, something with God or of God or something along those lines. If you see a name that ends in Yah, it means that uh, someone who blah, 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 blessed by Yahweh or is with Yahweh or something along those lines. So anytime you see a Hebrew name, there's a little lesson for you. El and Yah have the word of God in the name. So the name Israel literally means to wrestle with God. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be known as the guy who strifes with or wrestles with God. But that's what his name is now. So keep going with me. We're in the middle of verse 28. But Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. And Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? And then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, It is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. So the sun rose above him as he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip, because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon. Interesting story, isn't it? It's such an odd story. Jacob is spending the night by himself. A guy comes along and starts wrestling him. And in the midst of that wrestling match, Jacob won't let go of him. And so the man touches Jacob's socket in his hip and dislocates his hip socket. And Jacob still won't let go, and he demands to be blessed And so the man blesses him, changes his name to Israel, and the rest is history. And so Jacob moves on. So what can we learn from this? Well, Jacob gave it his all. He refused to let go. He would not allow his purpose. He wanted to be blessed. He would not allow that purpose to be passing by him. He was not going to let that blessing get away. And so he held on to this man. The man said, let go of me. i got to go. The sun's coming up. It's time for me to move on. I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And the man blesses him there. Now, Hosea, one of the Old Testament prophets, says a little statement about this account. And he says, in the wrestling match that Jacob and this angel have, It says in Hosea that he wept and sought the man's favor. Genesis 32 doesn't quite give us enough. So Hosea gives us a little more light on this topic and says he didn't just wrestle with him, he wept and sought. The word sought that's used in Hosea almost has the idea of begging. And so it wasn't just a wrestling match and Jacob's holding on for dear life. Jacob is literally crying, weeping, and begging this man for a blessing. He is giving this man everything. He is wrestling with his physical body, with his emotions, with his mind, with his internal being. He's giving it his all. He's fought with every ounce of his being. So what can we learn from this? Here's my statement. Here's my big idea for this week. I want you, if you're a note taker, write it down. If you've ignored me up to this point, just stop, pause your Facebook scroll for just a minute and look up. I want you to hear this one statement. And here's what this statement is. God doesn't want your something. God wants your everything. God does not want our something. God wants our Everything. You see, just like Jacob, God wants all of you. He doesn't want part. He doesn't want most. He doesn't want 99.9%. He wants 100% of who we are. He wants it all. But we as people have a hard time letting go of everything, don't we? See, he wants your physical body. And he wants you to submit your life to Him in such a way that if He called you to die for Him, you would be willing to take your body and die for Him. And we know from history that there are hundreds of thousands of men and women who have done just that. There are people today who are dying in the name of Christ because they have given 100% of their body to Him. He wants your emotions. He wants you to share your emotions. He doesn't want you to hide things from Him. I mean, let's be honest. We've called it out before. God knows your emotions, doesn't He? He knows your thoughts. So why don't we take those to Him? He wants your thoughts. And He wants you to allow Him to come along and help you take those thoughts captive, to put them under His control, just like 2 Corinthians 10 tells us to. Think about what happens here. So Jacob is wrestling this man. Later, we find out, according to Jacob, that this man is not just some random guy. This man is actually God himself because he names the place where the wrestle match took place. He calls it Peniel. And Peniel means to see the face of God. Remember, it ends in el. He saw the face of God and yet lived. So let me ask you something. God is wrestling with Jacob. Did God have the power to just win the match? Absolutely. He had all the power in the world. He could have made it even easier. He could have just disappeared, right? Yeah. He had the power to do that. So why did God stick around? According to the passage, he pretty much wrestles most of the night with Jacob until the sun comes up. He did it for Jacob's sake. He stayed and wrestled for Jacob, not for him. He did it so that Jacob had the opportunity to give all and seek that blessing that God had for him. So he did it for him. God wrestles... For us. God fights for you. Did you know that? If God is for us, who can be against us? That's what the Bible says. God fights on your side and on my side. But do we fight for Him? Do we give Him our all? You see, we have to choose to fight. We can't give 50% or 70%, or 80%, or 90%, or 99%. We have to give 100%. Because if we're not, we usually end up doing more damage than good, don't we? Let me give you an example that has nothing to do with, well, it's not tied to what I'm talking about with our relationship with God. I have two sons. I have an eight-year-old, and I have a, a, well, he's, getting close to being like 19 months old, so a year and a half. got two boys. I love these boys. If every day that I spent with them, I gave them only 50%, would my sons grow up to be godly, responsible, mature men? They need my 100%. In order to raise a godly man, I need to give my boys all of me. Am I perfect in doing that? Heck no. I'm not even close. But at least I try. You see, when we don't give God 100%, we usually end up doing more damage than good. When we're not generous with people, do we speak to their lives of the goodness of God? No. When we claim to be Christians but we're not generous... We actually tarnish God's name. When, when we're swindlers, when we're cheaters, when we're mean, vindictive people, yet we claim to be a Christian and we tell people that we go to First Southern Baptist Church of Scottsdale, we do more harm than good. God wants it all. He doesn't want a little. He doesn't even want most. He wants everything. Everything. And this is hard because we want to control our lives, don't we? We want to lean on our own wisdom, on our knowledge of how the world works. But God's not going to honor us if we're not giving Him everything. That's what it takes. It takes everything. You say that God is your master, great, act like it. Submit your life to Him in every aspect and act like you are a follower of Jesus Christ. So that when people see the way that you act, they will look at you and go, I don't know what it is about that person, but I want what they've got. Instead of people looking at us and going, when they come into the room, I'm going to find a way out. Right? You say that God is your Savior, Great! Spread it! Tell others about His salvation. You know God. He is your Savior. He has forgiven you of all of your sins. But there are people in this world who don't know Him. Who have not been forgiven. Who do not have the hope and the joy and the promise that faith brings. So you have Jesus as your Savior? Great! Go tell others. Give Him your everything. You say you want God to be on your side. Great. Fight for His side. You want God to fight for you? Fight for Him. The fact is, is that there are people in our own society who are living in injustice, who are not being treated properly. You want God to fight on your side? Fight for those that can't fight for themselves. Seek justice in the lives of the people who cannot seek justice, who don't have the means to seek justice for themselves. Fight for those that God fights for. You say that you want God to bless you. That's great. God wants to bless you, but go bless others. Go be generous with others. Don't be that Christian that claims to know Jesus, yet treat other treats other people like trash you want God's blessing? great I do too but if we're going to expect God to bless us we better in return bless others you see Jacob gave his all to that wrestling match and in that God tells Jacob I'm changing your name to Israel because you wrestle with God and with humanity and you have won How's your wrestling match going? Are you sitting? Oh, I just don't feel like wrestling today. I didn't get a good night's sleep, so I'm not going to wrestle. I'm physically tired. It's been a long week at work, so I'm not going to wrestle. If I did that to you on any Sunday morning, you would be furious. Furious. So why do we do it to God on a daily basis in our own lives? Why do we think that's fair? Why in the world would we think that the God who sacrificed His Son for us would be okay with us giving Him part or even most of our lives? My encouragement for you this morning to spend some time with God and ask Him, what area of my life have I not given to you? What have I been wrestling away from you? And when He shows you that area of life that you haven't fully given to Him, start figuring out ways to start giving it to Him. He wants your all. He wants your everything. And let's be honest, He wants your everything, just like we expect the everything from everyone around us. But God gave His Son, His one and only Son. He has every right to require our everything. What do you need to give to Him today? Join me in prayer. Almighty God, this is a hard thing to hear. We know this. We know That following you is not about giving a half effort. We know that following you is not about giving our most. But that following you is about giving our all. Lord, I pray right now in this very moment that you would show us the ways, the areas of our lives that we have not fully given to you. And that you would give us the strength and the courage to submit those areas to you. Help us to be true followers of Jesus. God, we thank you so much. We thank you for who you are. We thank you that you love us so much that you're willing to give your one and only son for us. But God, help us to honor you in that. We thank you, Lord, and we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Now is a time of response in our worship service. And guys, let me just call it out. Most of us in this room, maybe we need to sit for a little bit and just spend some time with prayer, asking forgiveness for the areas that we have not submitted and asking God for the strength and courage to start submitting some areas of our lives to Him. If you need to spend some time up here at the altar just sitting and uh, laying at the feet of God, we welcome you to come. We invite you to come. Uh, and use this time to ask God about that. Uh, If you're curious about what it means to live your life for Christ, maybe you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, and you would like to take that step, or maybe you've got questions about what it means to take that step, I invite you to come and talk to Pastor Josh or myself. We'll be right here uh, on this front pew. Or you can always grab us after the service. But let's stand and let's truly respond to the call of God this morning.